The boss said to one of his employees, John, do you believe in life after death? John said, of course. The boss said, well, I'm really happy to hear that because about an hour after you left work yesterday to go to your grandmother's funeral, she stopped by to see you. <laughs> it took you a few seconds. Uh, you got it. In the Nicene Creed, which we profess every Sunday at Holy Day, we proclaim our faith in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. As Christians, we believe that there is a life after this one, which our souls and eventually our bodies will experience when our time on this earth is over. In that respect, we are all like John. Hopefully, we're not like him in his deviousness and dishonesty. This belief in eternal life is something which is at the very foundation of our Catholic faith. In fact, without it, living the gospel has no ultimate purpose. St. Paul said it beautifully in 1 Corinthians 15 when he wrote, If the dead are not raised, then Christ was not raised. And if Christ was not raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins, and those who have fallen asleep in Christ are the deadest of the dead. If our hopes in Christ are limited to this life only, we are the most pitiable of men. The beginning of each November, the Church rivets our attention on the reality of the Resurrection and its importance by giving us two special feasts, the one we celebrate today, All Saints' Day, and the one we celebrate tomorrow, All Souls' Day. Today in the Church, we focus on those who have already arrived those who are a part of that huge crowd that St. John saw in his vision in Revelation 7. These are men and women who didn't just hear the Beatitudes proclaimed in the church once or twice a year. These are men and women who actually made the effort to live the Beatitudes. In the words of the first reading, they survived the time of great distress and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Tomorrow we will focus our attention on those who are still on the way, so to speak, those who died in the state of grace but now need some final purification before they can enter the Lord's presence and see him face to face. Another way to explain it is as follows. Today we turn our attention to those who are already in the kingdom, who are already there, and we say to them, you pray for us. Tomorrow we will turn our attention to those who aren't quite there yet, and we will say to them, we will pray for you. And so will all the saints in heaven. All this reminds us of something that we can easily forget, my brothers and sisters. In addition to helping us remember that this life is not the only one, these two feasts remind us of the fact that all of God's children are mysteriously and spiritually connected to one another. And that includes those children of the Lord who are no longer living among us on this earth. We call this doctrine, this belief that's mentioned explicitly in the Apostles' Creed, the communion of saints. Quoting the late Pope St. Paul VI, here's how the Catechism explains it to us. It says, We believe in the communion of all the faithful in Christ, those who are pilgrims on earth, that's us, the dead who are being purified, that's the souls in purgatory, and the blessed in heaven, all together forming one church. And we believe that in this communion, the merciful love of God and his saints is always attentive to our prayers. 
Now, this is not just a theoretical doctrine. This is a doctrine that has some very practical implications. We need to recall it whenever our loved one dies, but especially when the relationship we had with the deceased person was not a good one. And we really need to remember this. We all know that death is a time of mourning. That's obvious. But for many people, my brothers and sisters, death is also a time of guilt and regret. Guilt because they offended their deceased relative or friend in some way and never made proper amends. Regret because they didn't do more to assist their deceased relative or friend in a time of need. I can't tell you how often I've had people come to me in the confessional, especially after a sudden and unexpected death, and say things like, Father, I'm so angry at myself. I'm so upset with myself. I never got to tell my father, my mother, my aunt, my co-worker that I was sorry. Now it's too late. I can never make it right. Well, Father, I could have done more to help my friend in time of need, my relative in time of need, but I didn't do that. I was selfish. Now he's dead. There's nothing I can do to make amends. That is not true. You see, the doctrine of the communion of saints tells us that the death of the body does not mean the death of the relationship. Please hear that. If you forget everything else I said, remember that. The death of the body does not mean the death of the relationship, provided the deceased person died in the state of grace. So yes, we might have failed our relative or friend in some way when they were alive on this earth. And that's definitely something we need to deal with with the Lord. We need to seek God's forgiveness for that, if necessary, in the sacrament of confession. But if our deceased relative has gone either to heaven or to purgatory, which is what we pray for, obviously, our bond with them has not been severed. Our bond still exists. So depending on where they are, they can help us, or we can help them. If they're in heaven, for example, they can and they will help us by their prayers, especially their prayers for our repentance and our conversion. And in the process, they will harbor no grudges or animosity against us for our sins against them, since none of that bad stuff can exist in God's kingdom. And if they're in purgatory, which we have to presume they are unless they've been canonized by the church, we can help them by the prayers we offer up, and the masses that we have said, and the personal sacrifices we make for the repose of their souls. The communion of saints teaches us that those prayers and masses and sacrifices will help our loved ones pass through purgatory and into heaven more quickly, and will make their prayers for us more effective while they're still in the process of being purified. The souls in purgatory can pray for us. They can't pray for themselves. Catechism says it this way in 958, paragraph 958. Our prayers for the dead, our prayer for the dead is capable not only of helping them, but also of making their intercession for us effective. So I ask you this morning, did you leave something unsaid? Did you leave something unsaid to a relative or friend who died in the recent or even in the far distant past? Did you fail them in some way? If you did, don't despair. Rather, do something for them now. Have a mass set for the repose of their soul. 
say a rosary or some other prayer for them every day or at least every once in a while. You might even fast on occasion from something or make some other personal sacrifice so that their soul will get to heaven more quickly. Your relative or your friend will know what you're doing for them and they will be very pleased. They will also be blessed and deeply grateful. When you join them in heaven someday, God willing, they will probably give you a really big hug and say thank you.